0: Today. It's an
1: honor to be with you, Brother Dean.
0: We've known each other quite some time. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike serves uh, brother, brother Keith Moore in, in Sarasota, Florida, and also up in Branson, and all over the world they travel yes, together. Yes, sir. That's correct. Tell us a little bit about just how you and your wife came in into ministry, and uh, there's so much to unpack that if we get it all in one broadcast, that will just be a working of the Lord. I anticipate this going to a, to a second broadcast, but let's just jump off with how did you move from a very successful business career into a now a very effective ministry.
1: Yes, sir. Well, we were married in Houston, Texas. Right. And it started out with uh, we were uh, with Mike Barber. Okay. Ministries actually yeah. on a mission to reach with him at a prison. And on our way back home, I was real quiet. Mm. And my wife Sheriff said, "What is what's on your heart?" And I said, "Well, God told me to either give my Harley away or to use it for ministry." And that's where it started. And so uh, we actually sowed it, but the Lord blessed us with another one. But as a result of that ministry trip, I had met outlaw bikers in prison that day. Mm -hmm. And that led us to start ministry. But it wasn't for about 10 years later. Actually, close to 15 years later, we stepped into outside of the business world. And the Lord had been dealing with me for months about taking a step. Mm. But I was in fear, and then I was in rebellion, in fear, and I, I hesitated to share with Shara what was on my heart, but the Lord had already put it on her heart. Right. So I woke up one day, and I said, Shara, I'm supposed to be in full-time ministry, and she said, well, what's holding you back, and I said, well, concerned about being able to take care of you. And she looked at me and she said, I want you to fulfill the call of God on your life. Don't you think more of me than than that? Wow. And it just kind of was a slap in my face like, yes, fulfill the call of God. God will take care of us. Forget natural things. Mm -hmm. And it woke me up. So I resigned that day. What was interesting about it?
0: You resigned (laughs) that day.
1: That day. A matter of fact, it was uh, I got out of bed, went down in pajamas. Yep. Got my laptop and sent the email to resign that time. Wow. I didn't wait cuz I knew if I waited
0: That's a word right here.
1: If I waited the fears would come up and I would delay and not do it. Yep. So I took that step. I went and sent an email to the president of the company and uh, HR and you know that I was resigning. Turned in my resignation. And then I walked up probably white. <laughs> <laughs> There. <laughs> yes sir and uh, what was interesting about it is about two hours later I got a phone call Mrs. Phyllis Moore contacted me wow. and she said uh, are you in town today and I said yes ma'am she said are you working I said no ma'am she says you're not working I said no ma'am she goes I said I resigned she goes well it's about time you got out of fear <laughs> and did what God called you to do <laughs> I mean, just a, that straight right in the face. <laughs> and she was right yeah. that I needed to get out of fear and do what God had called me to do. So we took a step that day. Mm. Actually, the rest of the story is we I went for a ride on a motorcycle. At the end of the ride, Brother Moore pulled over. He didn't say a word to me about it all day. So the enemy was playing thoughts with me all day. I missed it. You know, Got all it. this other stuff. Because we had stopped for lunch, things of that nature. And uh, Brother Moore said, well, I hear that you've resigned. I said, yes, sir. He said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, God told me to uh, to help you, sir. But if I, if I can't do that, I'll go preach. He said, why don't you do both? Hmm. And that's where it stepped out and haven't looked back. I haven't looked back. Haven't went back. And God yeah. has blessed us abundantly, yeah. prospered us. Yeah. Glory to God. Amen.
0: So that's that's led us up to. I mean, now you obviously you have your own ministry. You've you've written a book, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. You, you travel with Brother Moore. You assist him. Um, let's go back to the business side of your life. Because yes, sir. It, you, you were you were in a significant position, and yes, you were sir. doing significant things. Not just here in America. You it was you were bouncing the, the globe. Yes, sir. Talk about your life there, what it was like, and kind of let's let's back up a little bit. Which leads us to present day.
1: Yes, sir. Well, it actually started um, in high school where the counselors told me I was not smart enough to get a degree or go to college. Mm. Now, that's not for everybody. But a counselor should encourage you. That's right. And they told me I wasn't smart enough. So that discouraged me. But um, um, an individual who was a vice president of engineering for Nabisco, I was cleaning horses stalls for him. He said, Mike, you can do it. And he encouraged me to take the step. So I went, got my engineering degree, computer engineering, and took a step. Mm-hmm. Well, before long, I was doing engineering for a Swiss-based engineering company called the SeA Brown Bavari, ABB. They mm-hmm. were sending me all over the world. I wasn't the best engineer. The Lord has had graced me and helped me because I wasn't a straight-A student. Uh-huh. But I was taking steps of faith whenever he would send me places. Hmm. So before long, I realized actually the vice president of sales came to me and said, Mike, you're really not an engineer. Well, i pride. What do you mean I'm not an engineer? And I said, yes, I am. He said, no, you're a sales guy. Well, I thought that that was a slap in the face. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm a sales guy. You know, I looked at that being somebody door-to-door selling encyclopedias, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. but. You know, not what you were heading. He to. said. He said. Well, you know uh, that that project I was in in Russia. I was in Vladivostok, Russia, and I came back with a change order for a big engineering project from a refinery. And he says, "You know that project that you just brought back." He goes, um, "Thank you." And I said, "Yes, sir." He goes, "No, thank you." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "The commission off of that was about a hundred thousand dollars, and since you're not the sales guy, I get to keep it." I said, I'm a sales guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's whenever I stepped out and went into sales, which yep. took me all over the world doing business deals with executives of Fortune 50 companies, um, Alta Mimi, the Prince's House of Sod for 11 gas oil separation plants. So it took me all over the world doing business development.
0: So with that being kind of the backdrop, with the, you've written a book called The Glorious Life of Faith, right? And, yes, and sir. I, I'm, I have been through the book and... There's a couple of things in there that I thought would be interesting to talk about because it it, it speaks to the obedience factor. One of them being in in the book, it talks about how you were at the airport in Texas. Yes, sir. And (laughs) the custom was to bring gifts when you went overseas. We'll let you jump off from that point.
1: Well, I was on my way to Omsk, Russia, which is in the southern part of Siberia. Now keep in mind that you've got chunks the size of cars of ice floating down the <laughs> river in July in Omsk. Okay, it's uh, so I was uh, on my way there, and I was talking to my wife, Shara, and I realized I did not have a gift for them. So in that part of the world or part of the East, it's customary to bring a nice gift and present it to right. them, especially if you're the sales guy trying to get them mm-hmm. to buy. Right. Now keep in mind in, in Russia, it's it's not like a Western. Uh, you know, countries. It's all government, socialistic money. Mm-hmm. So it's not their money they're spending. Mm-hmm. So they want a they want a, a good product, but they want to be taken care of. Right. Yep. And I'm thinking, oh my, ah, oh, this is not going well. So I told Cher, I said, I got to find them a gift. So I went into one of the little stores at the in the international terminal. Right. And all I could think about is what am I going to get for ten men? On the plane, as carry-on. So I got these little Texas Lone Star belt buckles. And have you seen those uh, belts that little children wear that uh, are made out of rope? They're kind of stacked rope, black and white, with a little brass clip that goes on the end. And I'm like, "Ah, this is lame. This is not. (laughs) I mean, these are businessmen and and engineers of of a huge ethylene plant and a refinery. But they're calling boarding. So I buy 10 and take them with me the whole way there. So we flew from there to Frankfurt, Frankfurt to Moscow, get on Aeroflot, which I don't recommend. Yeah, I know that true. And uh, I went to Omsk, southern Siberia. And the whole time the enemy's telling me, you've just lost this. Now keep in mind, these are very big contracts. Mm-hmm. So by then it's a quarter million dollars to even write the proposal, not the contract. That's just what our investment was to, to write the proposal. So, you know, um, uh, the whole time I'm like, you just wasted all this company time, money, you know. Don't even take that out. You're going to even look worse. You know, send them something. So I'm at the meeting, and at the end of the day, it's about wrapping up, and they bring me this book from Russia, um, from Omsk, about the refinery, and they say, we're the world's biggest refinery. Well, I'm trying to figure that out. Well, it was the world's biggest in landmass, not production. Mm. Because they'd have an explosion or something, pipe around and rebuild. So they handed me this book and they're all, you know, just smiling about it. And I'm thinking, oh, great. (laughs) You know, so I take this out of my uh, little case and I start handing them to them. They get excited. These men are getting excited over this little Lone Star Texas belt buck. And I'm like, what do they know about Texas? So they're all excited about it and they invite me to dinner. And I'm thinking, you know, what's going on here? Why are they so excited about this little belt buckle? And, uh, you know, on the way there, I kept praying. And the Lord said, you know, he kept giving me, trying to put peace on me. But I kept taking the thought to the enemy mm-hmm. rather than taking captive of him. And at that point in time, it realized to me the Lord had a plan. Yeah. I hadn't missed it as bad as I thought I did. Yep. Yep. so they invite me to dinner but they take me back to a flat they didn't have hotel rooms, so they put you in a little apartment that was at the refinery and I go in here's a little black and white TV right. it must have been three to five inches or so with a bowl in front of it like a little round curved fishbowl and so I turn the TV on it's in the way so I move it aside well I realize when I'm moving it that it was designed as a magnifying, magnifying glass, glass. With a pitcher of water there, when it got low, you put water in, it would distort it, but it would magnify the picture. There was two channels. One of them was uh, Russian propaganda, basically. Right. Um, Government stuff. The second one was reruns of an old U.S. TV show called Dallas. (laughs) So here I am in southern Siberia, which is an oil part of Uh of Russia, Uh as well as cattle. Dallas. Dallas, perfect. And so it was reruns and it was the same person interpreting one guy. It didn't matter if it was a lady, if it was a man, <laughs> who it was, one guy was interpreting in a deep Russian voice. And I just sat there and thought, no, only the Lord could orchestrate this.
0: You brought J.R. Ewing to
1: Exactly. J.R. is in <laughs> Dallas. I'm uh, from Dallas is in, is in Russia. That's so amazing. we go to dinner and they're walking down the sideway. People walk by and they'd grab their belt buckle and kind of lift it up and, you know, I need to say the Lord blessed me with a very, very lucrative contract. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, see, that's, and you said something there. You, you, you were, when the enemy brings thoughts to us, instead of taking the thoughts, you said, bring them into captivity. Yes. It's so important because there so many people just, whatever hits their mind, if, they, if their mind's not trained to filter it through what the word says, then they receive that. And thoughts drop down into their heart, and what's in your heart's in abundance is going to come out of in your mouth. mouth. And then you're going to you're, you're now deceived. you're speaking the problem, That's and you're right. deceived. Yeah. The truth is what it's what you're talking about the whole, in this whole book here is is how truth
1: basically sets your life free. Yes, it does. Free indeed. Free
0: indeed. So there was another story in here that I, I want to talk about just briefly, but um, it got my attention. Bananas.
1: <laughs> Banana faith.
0: Banana faith. Yeah. That's a new kind of faith for most people. Well, it, it got my attention. Yeah. I was like, now, Lord, this is the banana faith. What, what could this be? And when I read it, I was like, Lord, you're just, and it, it taught me and reminded me yet again that God is in the most minute of details. Yes, he sir, cares he about your life in such a way that irrespective of what you're going through, you may be sitting in a hospital today watching this. You may be in a prison watching this. You might be a pastor watching this. You may be a stay-home mom or dad. What, wherever you find yourself in this continuum of life, God cares. Not take on the cares. He he genuinely cares for you. He yes, loves sir. you. And he loves every detail of his plan for your life. T- teach us about banana faith, Banana you? faith,
1: yes. Well, I had learned from the situation in Omsk about taking captive of your thoughts. Yeah. And so I'm on my way back to Russia for another project. And in Frankfurt, you know that some of the food in, in certain parts of Moscow or Russia are not necessarily fresh. Right. So I grabbed a banana and put in my briefcase in Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Flew to Moscow and went to a meeting. And at this meeting, it was me against another engineering and construction company that's based out of Houston. So it was both of us and they would come into one office and negotiate and then they'd go to the other office to negotiate with the other company. Right. And so we were on a break and it didn't look very good for us. And all of all the team that was with me, the other people that were there, pre-consultants, engineering consultants and, you know, had some accounting people cranking the numbers and stuff for very big contracts. And they were kind of, oh, man, it's not looking good. I said, hey. We we've got this. The Lord had already revealed it to me. I said, you know, guys, I'm I'm going to go pray. Some of them join me. I said, we've got this. Don't lose the faith on it, mm. you know. And I'm a I'm a Christian man working for a public traded company, but they knew that I was a believer. Yeah. And I encouraged them, and I said, no, let's go back in. The Lord's going to do some stuff for us. So we went back into the meeting room. They were still standing around getting coffee and uh, some. Uh, little cookies. Well, I grabbed the the banana out of my case. Right. Silence. And they all looked at me and I'm like, okay. So I asked the interpreter that was there, I said, what's going on? Come to find out these gentlemen had never tasted a banana because they were from a very rural area of right. Russia. Everything was made within like a hundred miles from there and not good not transportation, fresh. let alone something like a banana that's right. tropical. So the Lord put it on my heart and quickened me. Go ahead and cut it up. So I took a little uh, plastic knife right. and I started cutting it in slices. And I handed it out to everybody that was there in little slices. And these men got all excited. they take a little bite. almost reminded me of a little chipmunk. Right. they yep. take a little bite and then they'd talk in Russian, get all excited. Needless to say, not long, I saw the competitor being walked out getting in the, tr- in, uh, the van. <laughs> And I'm like, well, this is either very good right. or very bad. One or the other. And I got excited because I knew the fact mm-hmm. from the way they were all, because it wasn't the top guys that went to the other room. It was some of their lower level staff. Mm-hmm. You and that. right then and there, the guy that, the president of the, the plant came and said, told me that we had had selected us and right. where do they sign? We hadn't got through the, finished the contract the terms, the payment terms, let alone all the product we were delivering. They made the decision based on a banana. Based on a banana. Because I had went in faith knowing that God, matter of fact, before I even went, it didn't look good. And uh, the president of our company came and said, are you sure you want to keep investing time and resources in this? And said, hey, you can back out now. We don't want you just wasting money. And I said, no, I believe this is of God. And I went from that aspect. I went trusting the Lord in it.
0: And if we're, 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 you may be in business today, you, you might be a, a stay-at-home mom or dad. Wherever you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, the principles that Mike's talking about will work for whomever works these principles. Right. You, you, you are not yet in full-time ministry. No, you were you were in the business world, but you are a, a spirit-filled believer. That's correct. And, 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 and this is this is, I think, a real key component to this. Who was not ashamed of the gospel? No. And people knew, not you said it, you said People knew you were a believer. Oh, yes. They, they knew. knew that you prayed.
1: I didn't hide it. You don't yeah. have to be all religious right. and weird, but they should know that you are a righteous man or woman of mm-hmm. God and where you stand. They knew that I was not going to go out and do some of the things that they were doing. Mm-hmm. And the word Matthew 6.33 says, Seek mm-hmm. ye first the kingdom of God. Yes. I would take breaks and they would know. I'd go to a room and get quiet and seek the Lord. I'd pray, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. He added those contracts to me yes. as a result of putting him first.
0: And that's the key. Putting, he just said it again, putting him first. Because when we put God first, we're showing him. It's like in giving. You know, I, I see, we minister to a lot of teenagers and, and they're like, oh, I don't have much to give. Well, what's I got what, to do with anything? Percent and heart. No. Tip. What's in your heart? And whatever it is that that where God has you right now, I believe God's looking for, you don't have to be in full-time ministry to be used by God. Even though we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation, we're not all called into the five-fold. But someone who was in the business world, ridiculously successful at what you were doing, but yet I look at your life and go, God was just setting you up. For for what was coming next, he was he was you were working the principles, you were trusting God, you were you were going all over wherever he said to go, and yet there was a point when you said to your wife, "I know we're supposed to be in full time ministry," which brings us back to the beginning. So in ministry, for those who are maybe 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 there are those watching right now, and I have a sense that there are, that they know you know you're called, and you're you're not quite sure what to do with that. Mike just. That's your camera there. Just take a look at that camera and just talk to that person who maybe is just in many regards is right where you were. They, they know they're called. They, they have this, this, it's just they know God's calling them. Yes, sir. But maybe they're in fear right now.
1: Yes, sir. Well, for one thing, the steps of a righteous mm-hmm. man or woman are ordered by the Lord. Yes. Romans 8, 14 says the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. You need to be led by his spirit. You need to trust the fact that you know his voice and another's voice you will not follow. And as you take a step of faith, if you look at Hebrews chapter 10 and 11, it talks about every one of those people taking steps. Faith acts. Mm -hmm. You can take a small step. You, You may be in a situation of fear. You know, it says fear not over 365 times in the word. You need to take captive of those thoughts of fear. That's not the plan of God for your life. It will hold you back from the blessings of God that he has in your life. It will keep you from taking a step. And that step will hold you down from the goodness of God. God's got plans to prosper you. We haven't lacked for any good things since we made that step. And if you've got that going on in your life, humble yourself. Ask the Lord to put labors in your path that can help you and take the step. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. You know, taking the step is is a significant step of faith because you're stepping into what maybe you don't know yet. But God knows all. He does. So what does this bring us back to? A five-letter word called trust. Trust. We've got to trust. Trust Him. We've We've got to say, not my will, but yours. I must, what, decrease, decrease. while you increase.
1: increase.
0: When, when we yield to him, what we're saying is, I trust you with my life.
1: That's right. And when
0: we do that, God, thank you, Lord. God's not mad at you. No. Oh, let's just deal with it a second. God's not mad at you. You haven't disappointed him. You, have, you, you can't do anything to make God love you any less than he loves you. And conversely, you can't do anything to make God love you any more than he loves you. He loves you because... Simply put, he is love. It's who he is. It's what he does. And maybe today you're sitting there or standing there or wa- ha- wherever you're watching this. And maybe you really have bought the lie that you have disqualified yourself because of whatever it is that you've done. Listen, if you knew everything about my life, if you knew everything about my candidate's life, anybody who sits in these <laughs> seats. I mean, if God will use us, he'll use, I use you. Anyone. I promise mm-hmm. you. I remember I, I spoke at Liberty University one day and there were about six or seven thousand students there and I gave an altar call and had over a thousand students come forward. I Glory. was so excited. I called my wife and said, Honey, <laughs> a thousand students just responded. She says, Dean, sounds like you really used your faith. I said, Yeah, God blessed it. She said, Can I just tell you one thing though? I said, please. My wife. She says, God spoke through a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> she
1: right. says, I'm it sure he'll use you. Use you.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know what, you know what the key to being That's used right. by God is? And I know this from very personal experience. We've got to be humble.
1: That's right. The
0: humility factor, you cannot, you cannot overdo. God doesn't need somebody looking to promote him or herself. That's right. If you'll promote the word, if you'll promote Jesus, let's make Jesus famous. Mm. Let's just do that. Hey, listen, we're going to come back. When we come back, we're going to end today's broadcast, but I already know you want to stay tuned for our next week's broadcast because Mike and I have more to share.
1: You know, with drag racing, after every pass down the racetrack, we have to change oil because it becomes contaminated. After every little six or eight seconds, you have to check it. You have to take the oil plug out and see if there's metal flakes in the bottom to see if your motor's coming apart. You have to change the oil because it's contaminated, refresh it. And every believer needs to have a refreshing of the Spirit of God. There's times that anything that we do that's not in faith, God said is sin. So anything that we do that's not in faith, we need to get right with God. Amen. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day for you to meet Him. For you to get your name written in heaven, in the book in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. You may have grown up in the church. You may be over the choir in your church. But if you're not living right... You can get right before Him right now. All you have to do is repeat after me. Amen. Let's get right with Him. Let's have an oil change and let the Holy Spirit come upon us, minister to us. Repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that You sent Your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. He went to hell. He rose from the grave after three days and is seated And his throne in heaven beside you. Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I receive you right now. I receive your redemption. I receive the forgiveness of sins. And I believe that I am made right before you. As though I've never sinned before. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I have been made righteous. Thank you, Father. Praise you for it. If you said that, brother and sister, you have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus and what he did. Hallelujah. Your name is in heaven. You're going to spend eternity with me. God has plans to prosper you and bless you. If that was you and you aren't going to church, I encourage you to get into a good church. You need help finding a church? Contact our ministry. We'll help you find a good one in your area. Amen. Well, this is Mike Kennedy with Living in Victory. Have a blessed day.
0: Hi, this is Shara Canaday, and I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. Due to the goodness of God and the graciousness of our partners, we're happy to inform you that you can download our products
1: free of charge from our website, If you would like to become a partner, receive a newsletter, or find out more about Final Quest Ministries, feel free to contact us at www.fqmin.org.
0: We'll see you next week.
1: Thank you for joining us today. For more information or to learn more about Final Quest Ministries, please visit our website at mikecanaday.org. Also, please like and follow us on social media for updates and podcasts. We pray today has blessed you.